from the frozen ranges of Cold Regions Test Center. This is Outpost Outspoken. Outpost Outspoken is the official podcast of U.S. Army Yuma Proving Ground, which conducts natural environment testing of military equipment in Arizona, Alaska, and the tropics. Hello, I'm Mark Schauer. Cold Regions Test Center is the Department of Defense's lone extreme cold test facility. The test center's mobility test complex is highly coveted by people who test military vehicles, as well as by private industry automobile manufacturers. Virtually every auto company known to the American consumer has tested their vehicles here. Russell Hollenbeck is the track's manager. What kind of capabilities does the mobility test course offer to a test customer? So we have a 3.2 mile oval track, uh, paved, two lane, with a uh, big ice pad uh, in the middle of it, as well as a lateral acceleration pad uh, where we can, we can put uh, a nice circle and a snow circle on the outside of that within that course. We also offer um, double, double splits of ice for, for them to test traction control during braking and acceleration. And we have a, 1300, a 300 by 1700 foot snow field that we make in November. Um, that's obviously, we only make that if customers are inquiring about using it. Um, we have 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, and 60% vertical slopes uh, that we will do an ice split down the middle of those as well upon request. Uh, we have 20, 30, 40, and 50% side slopes that are 200 foot long each. We have auxiliary space for snow fields. We have uh, interior cross-country trails just within the compound itself. We also have exterior cross-country trails outside the compound for, for longer range military type testing usually. Um, we have a kind of like a motocross track without the jumps, you know, corners on hills and you know, um, 90 degree corners and, and, and stuff like that. So they built, we built that on, upon request. Um, and we're able to do anything, you know, reasonably that, that anyone, uh, rec, you know, can, can ask of us. The apparatus you have to groom these tracks is absolutely incredible to me. Can you talk about that a little? Yeah, so, so it takes us a couple weeks to do the construction um, and after the build, we change courses, so to speak, and uh, we change the shifts. We basically run a 24-hour shift out here six days a week. So most of the work gets done at night as far as fixing courses that get tore up throughout the day. I mean, obviously, snow surfaces get rutted up. And then as well as the ice surfaces, they'll get holes in them and, you know, black marks and everything else. And this course could accommodate everything from a tracked military vehicle to passenger cars from private industry customers. Correct. Yeah, we can, we can do just about anything out here. There's no weight limit on our track. So we've had M1 Abrams out here several times doing primary miles. Uh, the nice thing about the track, you know, we always haven't had a compound. This was built in 2004. So uh, they would have to go elsewhere, you know, either, either test on roads or, or you know, secondary roads basically. 
So the nice thing out here is they're doing circles. They're never too far out of range. If they do break down, we can go get them. And then also say they're running on the weekend with minimal support. They're already in a fenced in compound. If the vehicle breaks down, they can battle lock it, lock the gate behind them when they leave and we can recover it on Monday. So it's just, there's a lot more control when it's, when you're in a, your own compound basically. Um, and that's one of the reasons why commercial automotive companies uh, like to come up here as well, because the security. We have our own you know, security team that takes care of stuff for them basically. And it's usually much stricter than what they normally deal with, you know, so they're pretty happy with that. You've, you were born and raised in Alaska and your expertise in Alaska has been widely noted. You've been on some reality TV shows about Alaska as a subject matter expert. Uh, I don't know if it was subject matter expert. Um, my family owns a game ranch, so that's normally how I got tied in with, with that when the reality shows in Alaska were really popular, you know, but um, I guess by default, you call it. <laughs> well, I think it's fascinating the people in the lower 48 who don't know much about Alaska. It's very intriguing. But, but your, your family's ranch, it's, it's elk and bison? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, we've had elk and bison for, oh, about 30 years now. Before that, we had, you know, a normal, more normal style farm and ranch with cattle and pigs and stuff. But yeah, elk and bison mainly, and, and that uh, provides for the farm, basically. So I do that on my off time from here. I imagine you're a pretty avid outdoorsman, too. Well, yeah. Being born and raised in Alaska, I don't think you have a choice. Uh, it's not a very fun place to live, I wouldn't think. I'm just guessing if you didn't, if you weren't in, into outdoors, you know. So I take advantage of all the seasons, um, and so does my family. So we all love it here. If you like getting out, if you like hunting, if you like fishing or just boating or snow machining, it's it's a decent place to live with a lot less competition and you know stuff like that so Russell thanks so much for your time today yeah anytime Richard Reiser security manager at Cold Regions Test Center was an emergency medical technician and worked in high-end hospitality before a successful career in real estate sales at the turn of the millennium he was enjoying the American dream to the fullest until one fateful autumn morning in 2001. Richard, you were successfully semi-retired, living a good life on a boat. Why did you choose to start working for the Army? Well, I happened to be up really early on September 11th on the West Coast, and I was watching Howard Stern show, of all things, on a nine-inch black-and-white TV. When we realized what had transpired, I just came to the realization that life as I knew it had changed forever and I felt a strong um, surge of patriotism and wanted to be able to contribute. I felt it was important to find something that I could do with my skill set to just assist in the national effort to protect American freedoms and that ultimately led me to YPG. And you started as a data collector. I did. A, a very nice and, and insightful retired um, Sergeant Maria Johnson 
gave me an opportunity to uh, work there after much pleading on my behalf because I didn't have military experience. She was a little bit skeptical as to whether or not I would, would fall in line and, and could perform what she needed. But ultimately she gave me the experience and it was one of the best things that ever happened. Before too much longer you became a test officer. Yeah, there was a little time in between. Um, I had some, some dues to pay working my way up through the ranks and, and the different skill sets. And I don't know that it's up. They were all lateral moves because every skill set is unique to delivering the ultimate product. But I, I enjoyed it and as I had fantastic mentors in the Yuma area, I was able to gain insights and be able to apply those insights to test execution and that ultimately led to the opportunity to, to run tests. And you became something of an expert on the Stryker vehicle. That was an interesting time. The Stryker was not yet fielded, so there were no active Stryker brigades when I got involved with the Stryker program. And being with that program at the onset and, and just natural curiosity and again, the good mentors let me learn a great deal about how acquisition works and what the need for testing truly is. And the striker testing took you to all three of YPG's test centers. You were in Yuma, you were in the tropics, you were at cold regions. I, I have worked for extended periods of time at all three of YPG's test centers and several other um, ATEC facilities in support of striker testing. Um, it was a, a very busy time. Um, it was a great experience to deal with the tropics. The desert, of course, was my home base, and I had a lot of experience in cold, so when I was able to come to support striker testing in the Cold Regions Test Center, I, I thought that this might be a fantastic place to end my career. You met your wife, Monica, working in Yuma, and she grew up in Yuma, didn't she? She did, and she had not really spent any time in the cold, although there was maybe an occasional January trip to Julian for pie. But she came up here um, as a data collector on a project, and she was captivated as well by the, the unique attributes of CRTC. And in fact, she did such a good job that CRTC brought her back every winter and then would send her back to Yuma every summer for the next four years. So you started off when you came to CRTC as a test officer again. That's correct. I was supporting striker testing. Actually, you know, it's been so long ago. I, my first couple of times here were still operating one of the striker platforms. And then um, ultimately I came back to CRTC permanently as a test officer. But along the way, you transitioned into your current role as a security manager. I did. I was a test officer from 2007 to 2018. That was a, a great period of time, and it was an encouraging time to, to be doing testing in the cold. We had a lot of new and exciting projects to understand and, and compare their operations with. But as time went on, I saw that there was another opportunity to do other things and there's a new generation of test officers that are ready for the opportunity and so I was able to make a transition into the security and ammo office at CRTC. You must enjoy the work to still be here after all these years. I really do. I get to work with some very unique people. It is fun to encourage the new people um, to learn to enjoy this environment and to 
spread the idea as to how important the mission is. And along the way, I was able to learn a great deal about Army policy and procedures. And that became a very handy tool as I transitioned into the new office. Do you expect you're going to stay for a long time to come? You know, I'm starting to approach that, that magical time where you look at what you want to do for the next few years of your life. And I recognize that I kind of cut that semi-retirement short when I went back to work. So I have aspirations and hope for a, a less active future. But right now, the challenges in front of me are enough to keep me motivated to wake up before the alarm clock every day. Do you like the lifestyle in interior Alaska? I have learned to appreciate what independence is all about. And in, for all of the people at Fort Greeley and at Cold Regions Test Center, it is an exercise in independence and planning to make sure that you are comfortable. We can't just stop at the nearest convenience store and have the items that we take for granted when we're in Yuma or anywhere outside of the interior of Alaska. But that independence gives you a strength and again it helps with planning. It's always nice when you have a road map as to what you need to accomplish and I know now in July what I need to have ready by October so that we will survive comfortably through the winter. Richard, it was really great talking with you. Thanks for being here today. It's my pleasure. Let's get her done. This has been Outpost Outspoken. Thank you again for listening. We'll see you next time from the Army's busiest test center.